would like to say good morning to each one here. I wish you God's blessing. As the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I was just thinking what a blessing it is to be able to just travel to church this morning without thinking too much about it, without thinking of um, the authorities coming in and shutting us down or anything like that. It's a blessing to be able to gather here this morning. For a title of the message this morning, I titled it The Power of Unity. I was driving down the roads uh, a little while ago here, and I seen a billboard along the road there, and the message they were had on there was the power of together. And I thought of that, I don't often pay a lot of attention to billboards, or I'm not often inspired by messages on a billboard, but um, unless maybe it's a cam billboard or something like that. But, and I thought about that message for a while as I drove, and I started thinking about the, the power of unity. Um, so I looked up, so what is the meaning of unity? And we think of being united as a whole or as a body um, together. Was a, a yeah, a Webster Dictionary uh, reference there. So what comes to our mind when we think of the word unity, when we're thinking more of a church body? We've heard the call for unity recently um, in history. Um, maybe there's a call for peace or unity in our country today. We see it um, on advertisements, and we see it. We see it all over um, this billboards and everything. There, there's a call for unity in our country today. But what does unity really look like? What is the true meaning of unity for us today? If you were to ask somebody, they would likely say, well, it's, it's getting along or, you know, having fellowship with one another. And that, that, is, a, that is a huge part of unity, um, working together. And we think of uh, Satan is trying to dis disrupt unity in our lives. As, as, as a church, as families, um, he doesn't like to see unity because um, that makes us stronger, as, as a, like I said, as a church and a family. There's many p different ways that people have unity with one another. We think of there's all, all sorts of different clubs you can join. Um, there's hunting clubs, there's um, golfing clubs, there's, there's old car clubs you can join. Many, many different... Um, things that you can do, and many of those um, people, they're willing to set aside their differences for the cause of something greater, for, for a similar interest that they have, whether it was the, the cars or the, the, the hunting, whatever it may be, they're willing to set aside differences to work together for a common goal or whatever the cause is that they're doing. And I think of us coming to church this morning, we can have unity with each other by singing, praying, worshiping together. We can experience um, unity with each other. Uh, singing is a, a, a huge one where, um, you know, one person can sing by themselves, but a congregation of people is much more effective than 
um, where we think of going Christmas caroling uh, coming out. You know, we could go do it ourselves, but as a congregation, we're far more effective when we do it together in harmony. I was told that, I don't have a lot of experience with horses, but I was told that um, when you connect two horses together as a team, they're far more effective than just one horse pulling a plow by itself. So there's, there's a strength that they gain from each other, and I think that's for us today, too. We, 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 gain from, um, we, we gain from each other doing things together as a body. We all have our different talents in that, and we, we learn from each other. We think of, uh, again, a country. There needs to be unity for a country to, to function, for a family to function. There needs to be a sense of unity with each other. Um, or when a team, when you go out to play a baseball game um, or a hockey game coming up, you know, each, each player, they need to be in, um, in, in maybe in sync with one another as to what their, their next move is or how they're going to play the game. Um, each, each player needs to take, do his part and maintaining that for the game to function or whatever it is to function properly. So and unity is important. So I was looking in the Old Testament, maybe some different times there was a call for unity. And um, I want to look at Daniel here, chapter 3, verses 3 to 7. So Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 3 to 7. Then the princes and governors and captains and judges and treasurers and counselors and sheriffs and all the rulers of the providence were gathered together unto the dedication of the image Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image of ne that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cry called aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, and nations and language, at the time you hear the sound of the corn, the flute, and the harp, and the sacrament, and psalmody, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down to worship, the same are shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So here, Nebuchadnezzar had called everyone to bow down to the image. Everyone was to come together in unity at the same time when all this music and all this was played. They were to worship this um, golden image that he set up. Now, um, I don't believe God was pleased with this, this type of um, unity, if we call it that. But it was a sense where everyone had to come together at the same time. And, and I think we're all fam familiar with this story. So there was a, a call for unity here. Another one we could think of is um, when Joshua, when they went to march around the city there, um, around Jericho, there had to be, there was a call for unity. They had to... Um, God commanded them to march around the city. And again, they had to work together as, as, um, as a group or a people to do.
defeat this, and it maybe, maybe didn't even make sense to them at the time why they're marching around this city. But they were called to do this, and we see how by doing that, um, God allowed them to conquer the city and have victory in that. So God worked in them um, working together. They defeated the city because they worked together in unity for a greater cause. John 17, uh, 20 says, uh, we see here Jesus' words. He said, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus is praying for his followers, for his disciples, that um, they may have peace with one another or they may have unity with him and with, with one another and with, with God um, he said as I and my father are one that the world might believe so I believe this is important that we have unity with one another that the world looking in can see something different in our lives they see something that um that they can't seem to find. There's lots of, you could say, discourse in our world today. And I was talking with a farmer just recently um, up in, I believe it was the Watertown area there, where they had lots of snow and there was maybe different buildings that were taken down by the snow. And I went up there to do a project and he was telling me, you know, he said, um, the people in the world around don't seem to uh, come together anymore. They, he said, you know, long ago, they, everybody came together when there was a, a disaster of some kind. But he said, people don't do that. And he said, just a small thing as um, plowing someone's driveway out, he said, brought a man in tears, just that he would, you know, take his time and um, plow his driveway out uh, with all the snow they had. So I, I think this is important that we, yeah, can, can work together and um, have this unity with one another. So we see our unity with our fellow man is important, but also having unity with God is important. And there's um, different things that can disrupt that unity with one another and with God. And so I think uh, this is something that we need to continually work on and uh, maintain with one another and with God. There's only a few verses in the, Bible, in the King James Bible anyway that mention the word unity. There's many, as I was reading through, there's many different verses that uh, and, uh, uh, give the idea of unity and the importance of it. Psalms 33.1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. David says here, What a blessing it is for people to dwell in unity with one another. What a blessing it is, a pleasant thing for us to dwell, have unity with one another. And again, this is, this is important for us, and it is a true blessing when we, when we can dwell in unity with one another. 
Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 5, say, he says, Fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem another better than ourselves. Look not every man on the things, on his own things, but every man on the th things of others. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling them, fulfill you my joy, be like-minded with one another, having the same love, be of one accord, maybe on the same page with one another. You know, we all have different times, we have different views on things, um, and that's okay. But that we, at the end of the day, we, have, uh, we can still have fellowship with one another. We have the same belief as one another. Being of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Let nothing be done to um, cause strife or vain glory. Maybe puffing myself up. Or, um, but... It says, with lowliness of mind, uh, maybe a humble attitude towards one another. Let, other, let each esteem another better than ourselves. And he talks about looking not on our own things, but the, the things of others. Maybe we could think of the talents that others have. Um, look at the value in the talents or um, that, that, that others may have that, um, you know, we, like I said, we all benefit from one another. And let this mind be in you as also was in Christ Jesus. And we have this perfect example of Jesus giving, giving himself for us um, as a perfect sacrifice. How he was willing to deny himself for, for a greater cause. And sometimes, you know, we need to do that in our lives. I think of as a, as a mother or father, if you have children. And, you know, there's times, there's things that we need to give up and, um, for, the, for the cause of something else. Because uh, maybe it's something that we really wanted to do. But um, for the greater cause, we, we give that up because we love that individual. Ephesians talks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. But I, I want to look at the part of endeavoring to keep uni, that we endeavor to do that. Maintaining, preserving that. <clears throat> so I had to think of what, some, what are some things that disrupt unity in our lives? <clears throat> one, one I wrote down here was speaking unkind words of another. When we, we think of our words as arrows, when we send them on their way, we can never return them. So speaking unkind words can damage, um, uh, damage another person. And so that we speak kind words to one another. Maybe sometimes we, need to we feel that we need to tell someone just how it is, but, um, but it is important that we that we speak the truth in love, and we think of that other person when, as, we, as we talk. And, and I catch myself some, so many times, you know, 
that I need to, um, yeah, make sure I speak kind words and think of the other, the other individual as we're speaking. Maybe another one is defrauding our fellow man. Um, that can disrupt unity in a relationship. If we um, maybe intentionally do something to cheat another person or whatever it may be or take advantage of them in some way, that can um, disrupt that. And so it is important that we, that we um, are careful not to do that or that we would strain a relationship in that way. Maybe some ways to keep, maintain unity. There's just some things that I thought of writing down, so there, I'm sure there's many, many more. But some ways to keep unity. Um, have a humble attitude, be not proud. Um, again, Jesus practiced humility, and he was willing, again, to give up his life for the will of the Father and for, for us as his people. Be patient with one another. Sometimes, um, you know, maybe as a father, we ask, someone to, we ask one of our children to do something and we become impatient if it's not done right away. But it's a challenge for myself that am, am I willing to have patience with my, my fellow man? And, you know, sometimes um, it's good for us to have patience um, God can teach us something through that, that we, um, it isn't good for us to always get what we want right away. So I believe God wants to teach us patience, and he does that through other people sometimes. So patience is, um, it allows God to work in our hearts sometimes. Be understanding of our, um, the other individual. Sometimes, um, we all want to be understood. We all want to, and sometimes when we don't take the time to um, lessen the other person out, uh, to, to be understanding, try to see it from their point of view, and try to, maybe from our child's point of view, um, what, what they're trying to tell us. It, it can be a challenge sometimes, but try, try to be under, that, we, that we be understanding. You know, maybe, maybe my idea isn't the best idea after all, but that we try to see it again from the other um, point. Forbearing one another. You know, that we have a for, forbearing or forgiving attitude. Um, when someone does make a mistake, that we are willing to forgive that individual. And, yeah, and, again, and sometimes, you know, we feel like we have every reason not to, but that we are forbearing with one another and praying for one another. Jesus taught us to, to pray for even our enemies. And even I think it's even more important that we pray for our, our fellow, fellow uh, brothers and sisters or our family. Maybe we feel treated unfairly, but that we can still pray for it, sincerely pray for each other. And even if God, maybe we don't see a change in the other person, it'll ch sometimes it just changes us. And maybe we're the one that needs it. So again, we all have different uh, gifts and talents, and I believe God can use each one in different ways. So, um, so it's important that we do our, our part in trying to maintain unity with one another. 
there is a part in time, point in time, that we should not have unity. And in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14, he says, Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? He's talking about being unequally yoked. And in their day, I believe they would have used maybe oxen to pull their plows and stuff. And he has this example here of a yoke that would yoke two animals together to maybe pull a plow or plant whatever they did. And I think we, those are that use animals would be familiar with this. And we wouldn't think of putting a strong horse or oxen with a, a weak or a lame one. That would hinder the progress and cause, yeah, it would be un, un, unproductive, we could say. Maybe in, in uh, my line of work, I, I work in, in the office a lot, so, and we had a somewhat little while ago, we here had one of the computers had a virus on it, and we had to disconnect that computer from our network to prevent it from spreading that virus in the other computers. So um, that was, uh, maybe we could call that an unequally yoked computer. We, we had to get rid of that one to, to prevent it from causing further harm. So in the same way, we are not to yoke up with sin in our lives. Or, or maybe someone who is an unbeliever, maybe even our businesses, um, or a in a marriage setting, that we um, have share the same values. I believe that is important, that we um, share the same values, because when things come up, that can cause um, conflict. And maybe it's something like working on Sunday. Um, if, if we're in partnership with an unbeliever, that can cause, that can sometimes cause issues. In Matthew 10, 24, Jesus said, think, that I'm not, think not that I'm come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. What the Bible says is unity, and the, what, what the world says is unity is two different things. What we see a cry for unity in our world today um, is not the same type of unity that we are to have as, uh, as believers. When God created the world, he created light, and the light um, chased away the darkness. Um, the light and the darkness could not mix. There had to be, there was a separation there. And the brighter the light, the, the further it chased the darkness away. So we think of God as, as dividing light and darkness. God is a divider of those things. And God brings truth to the world. God um, shows us the difference between right and wrong. There's no, um, Satan would like to unite right and wrong so that we don't understand what right is or wrong is. And, or mix the good with the bad. So the good, you know, the good looks bad and the bad looks good to us. But when there's a rotten spot on an apple, we need to remove that to protect it. So, um, I think it is important that we do not, um, we could say, again, yoke up with sin and allow sin in our lives. 
in our country today, is, um, in many other countries even, it's becoming very unpopular to, to speak of the Bible. And it's becoming, it's called unloving to, to, um, to tell someone what the Bible says about a certain issue and, or, or a lifestyle. But God has made it clear in his word that there is no mixing um, what the world views as okay and what God views as okay. There's no, we are not to compromise on that because um, God cannot stand sin in any shape or form. And we are called to love others. Um, I believe that's maybe sometimes it's often misunderstood as, as um, being unloving to someone to you know, say the way they're living is not okay. But um, I believe, again, it is, it is important that we speak the truth in love to them, that we are still to love them but maybe not accept a, a, a certain lifestyle. One of my coworkers told me a story um, some time ago. He said back in, I think it was 1987, if I remember it right, there was a, a bridge on the New York State Thruway that went down, and there was some people that, several people that lost their lives that day with that bridge collapse. I believe it was the heavy rains and everything washed out the bridge. And one of those people was a fellow he knew, or knew of anyway, and there are several people that had stopped along the roads to, um, because they seen the bridge was down, and they got out of their cars to wave the, wave the other cars down, so they would not proceed and cross, try attempt to cross the bridge. But there was this one man that my coworker knew or knew of, and he seen the people waving their arms at him, and he just waved and just kept on going. And unfortunately, he was one of those that lost his life that day because he failed to, um, he failed to uh, recognize what they were, either he failed to or di didn't pay attention to the, those trying to, to warn him of the impending danger ahead. So I, I think that's a lesson for us today, that we, that we pay attention to God's word and... <clears throat> and the warnings he has in it for us today. James 4.4 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? For whosoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So, he gives the picture here, either we are on one side or the other. We, we live in this world, and we can't change that. But we are not to be of the world. We think of God as a jealous God. And he cares about how we live. He cares about um, the things we do. Or we could think of a soldier going to battle. And either you're on one side or the other. A soldier doesn't go to battle and then decide which side he is going to be on. Or he doesn't jump back and forth. He is, he is dedicated to serving his country. And I think that's, that's how we are to be today. We are to be um, not serving this world, this country that we live in, but um, serving the kingdom of God, and that we are a soldier for, for Jesus. And the things that around us that the world sees as, uh, seeks for pleasure, um, 
we should not seek those same things. But instead, seek God in our lives. <clears throat> Matthew 7, 13, 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is... For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be that go therein thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There's many people on the broad road today because everyone else is doing it. And that seems, at the time, seems the, the road to take. But he says... Um, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. It might be a harder road. It might be a, um, a, a narrow road, but with, that leads unto life. But it says, few there be that find it. It's the only those who seek out that path, the less traveled path. And, you know, many would believe you just choose the road that suits best for you. Choose the, boat, choose the road that seems right. But, again, narrow is the way that leads unto life. Jesus gave us, gave us instructions in his word on how we should live. And, again, it's, it's the narrow way that will lead us unto everlasting life. Let us kneel for prayer.